Amen. Woo. Amen. I'm excited. I have to tell you, um, this series that we have been doing, uh, I can barely contain myself. This is right down my alley when you talk about united we love together. Because I will never understand, nor on paper or verbal, I will never understand why. Just because you don't agree, you can't get along. I'll never understand. Just like I'll never understand flat shoes, some of you will never understand high heels, right? I'll never understand what it means to have straight hair. But it doesn't mean that I can't unite with you and stand for something. Amen? So we're on this journey of talking about united we love, and we've taken stories out of the scripture that kind of talk about what it means to unite and what happens when we unite. But today we're going to do something a little bit different because in the past few weeks we've talked about a certain person. If you remember one week we've talked about Ruth, one week we talked about the centurion and the servant, and then one week we talked about the woman at the well. Today we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about an object, and that is the table. It's right here, the table. And if you wonder what that means for us, we have several names in the Methodist church. We can call it, you can call it the Lord's Supper, communion. We also call it the table. And in the United Methodist Church, one of the things that we believe is that every single person that is here in this room today is welcome to come to the table. We don't need to know your past. We don't need to know your future. We don't even need to know your height, your weight, nothing. All we want you to know is that you are welcome. Because we feel like what happens when you come to the table happens between you and God. And that's when it becomes life-changing. So today I'm going to read from Matthew. Amen. We're there. Come on, girl. Preach it with me today. I'm so glad you're back. Preach it with me. You ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to start with verse 17. And this is at the Passover of the disciples. And it says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, which is Passover, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover meal? I just love how Jesus does this part. He says, Go into the city to a certain man and say, The teacher says, My time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. You best go get it ready because we're coming. The disciples did just as Jesus instructed them. They prepared the Passover. That evening, he took his place at the table with the 12 disciples as they were eating. And he said, I assure you that one of you will betray me. Deeply saddened, each one said to him, I'm not the one, am I, Lord? He replied, the one who will betray me is the one who dips his hand with me into this bowl. The human one goes to his death just as it is written about him. But how terrible it is for the person who betrays the human one. It would have been better for him if he had never been born. 
Now Judas, you remember who Judas is, right? Would betray him, replied, it's not me, is it, Rabbi? (laughs) Jesus answered, you said it. Man, I wish I could have been sly like Jesus. He's got the words, right? Like he just knows how to say it. Three words and he said it all right at the dinner table, didn't he? While they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body. He took a cup. He gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you. All of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, so that their sins may be forgiven. I tell you. I won't drink wine again until that day. Now, some of y'all would be upset if that were the case, wouldn't you? I won't drink wine again until that day when I drink it in a new way with you in my Father's kingdom. And I love this part right there at the dinner table. Then after singing songs of praise, they went to the Mount of Olives. They had worship right there at the dinner table. They celebrated right there at the dinner table. They had a gamut of emotions right there at the dinner table. And what Passover was, it was a Jewish feast that was observed annually. This is something they did every year. But all of a sudden, this particular Passover, Jesus takes it to a whole new level. He changes the game instantly. Because before there was a church... There was a table. Did you know that? This isn't something that the church invented. Before there was a church, there was a table. And in this moment at that table, Jesus changed everything. He holds up bread and he he offers bread and water as his blood and his body in remembrance of me. I don't want you to forget this moment. Jesus knew times would come, right? He knew that we would need nourishment. He knew that we would need something to sustain us. And then what I love is when he did that, then there was a time of worship. So there's a couple of things I want us to think about today. One is this first point. There is something about dining together. There's an intimacy that comes from dining together. You know, when you study um, what that means, do you know that like zero inches in my face to 18 inches is what they call intimacy? When you get 18 inches to four feet... It becomes what they call personal. And they teach you this and how you communicate with people in an interpersonal relationship. So you learn that a lot of times what you want to do when you want to just make a personal acquaintance, you get about 18 inches from them because you don't want them too far from you. But I don't know about you. If you get in my face, that's uncomfortable. In my career, I've had perfect strangers walk up and touch my face. 
I've even had him come and pull my hair and ask me if it's real. Is that a weave? No, that is not a weave. I promise it's real. But when that happens, there's this place in me that becomes uncomfortable because they're in my space. What is that like, Corbin? I imagine Corbin's a dentist, and you got to really be in their space, don't you? I thought about you this week thinking about that. You're like, ooh, i got to say my prayers because I'm fixing to be right in this person's face. But something about dining together makes us close. It makes us kind of drop the walls. It makes us sit share our favorite thing, which we all know we love to eat. When Jeff and I were dating, um, Bob and Brenda will remember this story. I don't know if you will or not, Misty, but when Jeff and I were dating, we planned our whole wedding and we didn't tell anybody about it. I'd do it this way all over again, too, I'm telling you. We had, literally, I went into the pastor that I was working for and I told him what our plans were, and he was like, okay. So we had told our parents that to hold this date because the church was holding a party for us. And then the week before we got married, we sent an invitation to our parents and said, hey, by the way, it's not a party, it's a wedding. No joke, we did that. And part of the reason was we wanted to have dinner with just our family. So in this beautiful hotel, there were 20 of us. And in the wine cellar, they set a table. It was huge, but they set a table for 20 of us to sit. And for hours, we sat after the wedding ceremony, and we just had dinner together. My family, Jeff's family, our favorite pastor that married us, we all got this opportunity just to sit together. There was something special about that. And let me tell you, when I look back now on that and see my mom is gone, my aunt is gone, my uncle is gone, those are precious moments to me. So the other thing you do when you dine together is you develop memories. You develop special times. And when the disciples gathered with Jesus, this was a special time because this was going to be it. It was all about to change. You know the years that we've traveled together? It's about to change. It's about to get different for you. And here's the crazy part. At that table, Jesus even knew there were people that would deny him. Every one of them in some form or another would deny him. Now, how many of us would sit at a table with someone we know don't like us? We have a hard enough time sometimes walking in the room, don't we? But imagine sitting at the table knowing that right across that table is the person that's going to turn you in for 40 pieces of silver and you're going to die. And Jesus still said, all are welcome. And here's what I love about that is Jesus knows you. <laughs> I think we said that last week too, but I love that. Jesus knows you. There is nothing you have hidden from him, whether you talk about it or not. Jesus knows you. But here's the best part, and you are welcome. 
He knows that you're going to put things before him. He knows that you're going to make mistakes. He knows that you're not going to make the best decisions. He knows that you're going to do things over and over again. And he says, come to the table. When Jesus dined with the 12, here's what also takes it to another level. They were tax collectors, fishermen, hard-headed, outspoken, loving, kind, selfish, taunted, caring, and insecure people. We're all kind of different in that way, aren't we? And our differences is what makes us special. But here's the part, is he individually picked every single one of them that were sitting at the table with him. He picked all of them. He picked Judas. He picked them. He picked them. Jesus chose these people to make this journey with him. And he chose these people to close this journey with him. There are always going to be people that are different than you and me. And there are always going to be people that reject you just like they did Jesus. And they dined with him. A lot of the hurt we carry in the world today is because we've been touched by someone closely. They've gotten in our space of 18 inches to zero inches in our face, and then they've hurt us. But then here's the hard one, is that maybe we've hurt them too. So I wonder how many of us are willing to say when people have gotten in that space between 18 inches and right ear, how many of us have said, you know what? You're still welcome. You're still welcome. That's hard for me. And then I have people tell me, well, I ain't Jesus. (laughs) And then my response is usually, well, thank goodness you're not. And then there was Judas, the one who would betray him. And Jesus knew it all along. Even if you reject God, you're welcome. Even if others try to tell you that God rejects you, mm, you're still welcome. I don't know about you, but plenty of times in my life, I've had to get past what I called stinking thinking of what the world told me because I was a woman, because I was a short woman. I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't pretty enough, and I was female, and those were all against me. All of you have been there. I'm not any special person in that field. You've been told something about yourself that has made you not only feel like they rejected you, but then you begin to buy into it and you reject yourself. Well, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe because I love who I love, there's something wrong with me. Maybe because I like purple hair, there's something wrong with me. Don't y'all say anything. Maybe because I am short. Something's wrong with me. My daddy would say, no, Jesus just got done with you a little quicker. (laughs) But here's what I've learned. 
when we come together at the table and we unite together at the table and we sit and we dine together. Whether metaphorically speaking or literally, because I've had dinner with some of you. I've had a blast. And I've gotten to know you in a very special way every single time I get to do that. And there are memories that have been made and there are memories that like latch to me and that matter to me every time I think and I pray for you. There is something special when we unite together. And when we unite together in a way that we just lay it all aside and we come together. And when I say come together, I don't mean lightly. I mean come together. We lay down opinions. We lay down what we feel, what we think, what we saw. And we go, you know what? (laughs) This isn't about me. This is about him. And then what I find is that the most precious moments ever for me have been when I got zero to 18 inches to my Father God, and all of a sudden, there was an intimacy I could never explain again because I knew that I was right in His presence. Amen. So what I want to do today in the middle of the message is we're going to take communion together. And what I've asked today is for our leadership to serve you today. We have the best leadership in Crosswalk. We have leadership that believe in what God is doing in here. We have leadership that all have a story to tell. You got to hear Dawn's not long ago. Was that not an amazing story? But all of us in this room have a story to tell. And what I want to do is, is they're coming around. I want to just sing. Do you mind if I sing just a a verse and a chorus of a song for you? And I'm going to have our leadership come to the front. And at this table, everyone is welcome. And at this table, everyone is seen. And at this table, everybody matters. No one falls between. And at this table, you can say whatever. And at this table, Everything's forgiven. And at this table, there's enough for everyone. Come as you are. So come as you are. So come 
your heart.